Episode 377 after the whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Good morning, Craig. Good morning to everybody out there listening. Good day, I guess, depending on what time you're listening to this. Did you see Rob Bray get hit with a puck the other night? He's getting a lot of press over this. It's all over the place. Did you see the Pat McAfee show? Yes. It's Pat McAfee's huge, too. Only Razor. Well, that's what happens when you're not paying attention to the game. You know, things happen. He, you know, Robbie's uh, trying to read there and uh, takes one right, right between the eyes. And it's just like, oh, my Lord, it's, you know, they're they're putting uh, little did they put some stereo strips and some uh, Vaseline so it would stop bleeding and. You know, I don't know if he stereo strips. I don't know which stereo stereo strips. What what were those things? I I don't know. I never was able to. I there are a few things I I don't know how to pronounce, and I just don't ask. Like that was one of them. I never, I never knew what they were saying when they called it, so I never just thought to say what 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 is it? How do you say it? Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, the things that divide the glass in the games, stanchions, stanchions, stanchions. The stanchions? Are they stanchions? <laughs> I have no idea. My mother will be lo- losing her shit if she hears this because she's a grammar nut. But I just, I don't know. There's just words you hear and you're like, oh, stanchion, stanchion. Stanchion, I, yeah. Stan- Do you know? Are you saying it? I don't. I kind of really don't know. It's it's something that you just kind of, like, <laughs> the I'm the name butcher, you know? Like, I play butcher it, everything. Play it by ear? I Or play it by ear? Which one is it? Play you know? it by ear. Play it by ear. I've never Which heard of it. Play it by ear. It's play it by ear. No, it's not. Yes. It, yes, it is. I just learned this like five years ago. I never really? used the term because I never understood like play it by ear. What, what does that even mean? Play it by ear. And then someone said, play it by ear. And I'm like, are you forgetting the why? And they're like, no, it's play it by ear. It might have even been. It is play it by ear. <laughs> Holy, sm- see this, I, you know, I don't know anything. I, listen, I love learning new things Yeah, like when, it, when it's quick like that. The other day I was at the Sabres game. I went to get a coffee and I go and I pull out some cash and the guys, you know, like, they don't take cash. I, I, I've, I've learned that. So okay. well, I didn't even bring my wallet. I just, I brought cash for the night, my phone, and that's it. That's all I like to carry. And then I said, wait a minute, I can use my phone, right? And he said, yeah, you can use your phone. So I start digging through it. Now, I, I don't know how to find my wallet on my phone. Like when you're scrolling through, like I'm looking through all these icons and shit. And I'm like, I'm like I don't know where my wallet is. And the, the kid says to me behind the counter, he said, click the button and turn your phone off. So I click, he clicked the button and he goes, double click the side button. That'll pull your wallet up. I'm like, no, it won't. So he's like, give it a shot. I go, up comes my wallet. I was like, this is unbelievable. Like everyone in line behind me is looking at me. I'm like, this is unbelievable. I just learned that. That's unreal. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) So I learned how to access my wallet on my phone right away because I never use it because I can never find my my wallet uh, icon thing. So I never even think to use it. Now I I double clicked it this morning for my other Learning, Learning things every day. Speaking of Rob Ray quickly. So the Sabres three weeks ago posted that Ray Domi beyond blue and gold. Now I've talked about this a few times now. Yeah. I've that's I, really actually, good. Really. Good I job. have watched it. I actually watched it in its entirety 
um, for the first time, really, because I, I watched it in snippets when I first the first time I received it. And it's tough to watch yourself. It's tough to, you know, to so such harsh criticism. But then I watched it through the eyes of just somebody who's who's a hockey fan or just loved this era of the game. And I'm going to tell you the, the the honest truth is that I truly was so choked up at the end and was very close to tears with with just how how Rob and and Ty were just how much respect they had for one another and then the way they talked about their last fight and everything and but the, my point to bringing it up though Riv is uh, they posted it three weeks ago and I just. I went back and looked last week and I was kind of shocked at how many people had viewed it. And then I went back and looked again today, just kind of out of curiosity to see if people have kind of, has, if it's died off 140,000 views in three weeks. Wow. Now that's, that's not, that has nothing to do with, with me. That's just a testament to the piece, but also the era that those two guys played and, and what they meant to that era. Well, both players played over a thousand games in the National Hockey League, doing the toughest job that they could possibly imagine. Um, it was not, it was not something that a lot of people wanted to do, and and to do it that long uh, is very impressive. You know, both players were not just you know heavyweight like I, I'm. You you know you you use the word goon. I don't think. When you when you think of Rob Ray and and Ty Domi, um, and especially Ty Domi in Toronto, where he he came in there as an enforcer, and went through his career starting to actually be, you know, a player like a real player that was producing points, scoring goals, and well, well you um, know that Ty said in the documentary that that he tried to fight Rob and Junior, and Rob wouldn't fight him because Rob didn't play that way. Like Rob fought, but. But he was a player in junior. You know what I mean? He wasn't. That's right. Yeah. His game wasn't translating from junior to the NHL. Ty Domi was being drafted as a tough guy. Like he knew he was being drafted as a fighter. That was like his main thing. He loved it. Rob, Rob was a good hockey player. And Rob was kind of warned when he got to the league. I think it was John Van Boxmere told him, you got you to gotta fight. So he did. I don't want to go too far down that path. It was just simply the 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 amount of people that have watched it, and I'm I, I don't know. I think because I was a part of it, I I'm proud of it. So that's all. That's all I was saying. Talking about tough guys was Craig Berube. Yeah, let go from the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, it uh, you know the third firing, third coaching firing of the year. Um, you know, obviously St. Louis you know, has a pretty high standard, right. And not happy with, with what's going on on their team. So looking to make, looking to make a move, looking to make a move They're They're 13 wins, 14 losses, one loss in overtime. So they have 27 points and they are exactly one point out of a playoff spot behind Arizona, who has 28 but they have four losses in a row and you know, they, they look to, to, to shake things up, make a, make a, a trait or make a, make movement. 
um, to try and spark their team because maybe they they feel that their team is underachieving right now. I just find that I find it interesting the the standard in which um, these teams have because this is a good hockey team. This is uh, you know I would agree tend to agree that the I, I think they are underachieving. I think this is a really good hockey team with some. Uh, with some very good players on it, and they're looking to make a spark right now. And I don't think he'll be out of the game long if he wants no to get back in. No way. Yeah. He'll decide when he wants to come back because I think he can come back in any capacity. It doesn't have to be a coach. Advisor, hockey operations, maybe not a president, but I mean unless he has a burning urge to coach, then you're kind of, then you might have to sit pat and wait for an opening. But I don't think he, uh, I don't think he sits out long at all. Yep. And, and I'll say this, if he's available at the end of the year and, and, and I'm not, I'm not going there right now with the Sabres because they actually look really good. So that conversation, if they continue to play this way, but if for some reason the Sabres felt at any point that they knew they wanted or needed to make a change to shake things up on the bench. I think Craig Brube would be a great hire. Yeah. I, I listen, I mean, I, I, I've said this basically every conversation that we have about coaching uh, and Don Granado, I, I don't think that that is the case that you would ever make a decision to fire Don Granado. I don't think he is in a situation to be the guy that is the scapegoat. Don Granato, we, we, we've talked about it before. He he got brought in three, three and a half years ago with, with, a, with a team that was in such shambles, in such a bad, bad situation where all these young high-end players, whether it's um, you know, Yoki Haru and Darlene and Middlestad and all these guys that were struggling at the time, Tage Thompson. And then all of a sudden Don comes in and, and, and single-handedly changes the mindset of these younger players. And you can see uh, the elevation in their game. Don Granato had to build an entire culture. He had to build an entire um, dressing room. Three years later, is still the youngest team in the league. Still the youngest team in the league. When is Don Granato going to get a team that might be in the middle of the league that is more experienced when things do get tough or have hard times that you just have a little bit more understanding of how to get out of these tough situations? Is Zach Benson not going to World Juniors? If you're the GM, would you send him to the World Juniors? Yes. Why? In, in in my head, he's probably thinking he doesn't care if he goes to World Juniors because he's in the NHL. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, on, on the flip side, I would want to send him there and put him on the world stage against his own age group and give him an experience of a lifetime. Yep. Because in the NHL no one talks about world juniors like no one's like oh did you win world juniors oh you won world juniors no one gives a shit about that whether you won world juniors or you don't but they watch the world juniors there's an attachment to the world juniors because i think every player in the NHL had a hope or a dream of maybe playing world juniors 
So he's already at the pinnacle of his age at his, for his age. I mean, he's in the NHL at 18, Mm -hmm. but I still do believe that that's an experience that I think, I think all kids would, kids would want an opportunity to go and, and play in that tournament over Christmas. Yeah. I think it's about experiences, right? Um, Zach Benson to this, to this point right now, has shown everyone that he's more than capable of playing in the NHL. He's not above the world juniors. He is going to be one of the top players there. There's no question. I think it would be an awesome experience for him to go there and have the pressure of being one of the better or the best player on that team for Canada and have that pressure, deal with that pressure, have the one-game eliminations. I think that's very important. He's only 18 years old. He's so young. He's so impressionable. I think anytime you can gain experience in difficult situations, I think is always very good. Now, this player, when I say development, he's in a development mode. He is clearly um, deep into a development mode. He's not going to be, um, you know, a fully grown mentally, physically player until, you know, 23, 24 years old. He's 18 years old right now. He's, he's like a, he's like a sponge, a dry he sponge. Goals, he has two goals and five assists in seven NHL games. So it's not like he's sitting here with uh 13 or 14. Say that points. again. He has two goals and seven assists in 19 NHL games. 19 NHL games. Okay. What did you think I said? I didn't think he said 19, but anyway. um, So not bad, but it's not like he has six goals and seven assists, 13 points, and and is, is, you know. He fits in. He fits in. So, So for me, you know, it's like, you don't have enough players. Like you don't think you could send him to World Juniors and bring up Rosen or some of these other guys. Give them a 100%, shot. Like hundred percent. That's your time. That's an excuse. To well, have an he, he would only be missing. On, I I think you're doing a, the kid an injustice by doing this. I'm not trying to find something to be pissed off for the Sabers about. He's playing in the NHL. That's I mean, it's the highest level, and he's not going to face that kind of competition. But what are they afraid of? Are they afraid that what if he doesn't? What if he goes there and doesn't dominate? Are they afraid of that? I think he would go there and absolutely tear it up. I, I think, think he a, would. I think he I think would be a, a major massive, piece to the Canadian team. I think it's a to, to win the ultimate prize is what I think. Yeah, to have pressure on his back to produce in a in an environment that is like one of the greatest young tournaments of their lives. You know, he's got many, 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 many years that he's going to be playing in the NHL, and he's going to be very successful. He's a hell of a hockey player, but this is a different format that um, I think would really he would be he would benefit him very well to be there. Now, I don't know if the Sabres are going to choose to to lend him. Maybe they want to rest him. Maybe they want to give him um some time over the break to kind of recharge the batteries a little bit for him. But the what I would be doing is I would be sending this young man to the World Juniors. I would have him go and play, do the travel, go overseas, 
wherever they're playing. I don't, I don't know. But when he comes back from world juniors, I would give him a week. I would give him a number of days, three, four days of just like, this is your days. Take a couple, take a, a step back, you know, recoup, then come back to the rink. We'll get you back in the gym. We'll get you back in the ice and we'll get you back in the lineup. You know, when you're, when you're feeling real good, that's kind of what, what I would do, because I think it's very important for this, this young man's development, um, to, to play in, in, in this type of environment. It's not going to be a story one way or the other, whether he goes or doesn't go because he's played well enough to, to not go. I completely disagree with you. Okay. It's fine. You would take this opportunity away from him. It's not like you're in the mid. It's not like you're you're. How close are the Sabers? Do you think the the what the seven games that he's going to miss is going to make or break their season? Uh, not at all. It no, it won't make or break their season. Um, I wonder like if much, they're going to leave it up time, to him. How much? That's interesting. You think they'd leave it up to him? Give him the option to say, listen, I mean, I'll give you the option. You can go play for your country. You can go play for Canada at the World Juniors. Um, here's the plan. You're going to go there. You're going to come back. We'll give you a little bit of time. We'll get you right back in the lineup uh, once you're feeling better and, and rested. It's not a bad plan. But I could also see the Sabres going, I know you're 18, but you're playing really well. He is playing really well. At both ends of the ice, not just not here's the th here's the thing. Like I've I've watched him, I've watched Benson play in the games, and the last ten games that he's played, there's only one game that he's had a point, and he had two points in a game. So there's he's been not, nine not, games not, out of the he's ten not sitting on the bench. I mean, he played fourteen forty five against Arizona. He's a regular shift. He's had opportunities too. He's He's created opportunities for, for line mates to score. And he's also been an opportunity where he's firing point blank, dangerous shots that he has not scored on, but he's getting those opportunities. And that's, yeah. that's important. There's no question. He has, he has two goals. He could very easily have eight or nine goals by now. There's no question with the scoring chances that he, he had some early, early on. I remember his first real scoring chance, I feel, was from the left side shot in one of the games. Might have even been his first game against the Rangers. And I just I remember thinking, man. Then he had another one-timer shot not long ago where it got saved. He was on he was on the one-time side. So he's had he definitely has had some opportunities. I just Yes. I don't know. I just think about what that world juniors would mean to a to a to a kid who's already in the NHL. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. You have to imagine that they would have that conversation with him. Maybe you're right. You know, when you're out in the ice and you take a big check and the next day you feel all sore and you don't feel well, but when you're injured in a car crash, don't let the insurance company skate off without paying what you deserve. Call Salino at 800-555-5555.
Looking for something to do New Year's Eve? Seneca Resort and Casinos is the place for an unforgettable New Year's Eve experience. Partying on the casino floors and enjoying incredible food and drink specials, hot slots and table games, DJs, live music, and an epic final countdown to midnight. Dining specials at all restaurants at all properties. For more details, go to SenecaCasinos.com. We'll see you New Year's Eve. Time now for Crash Course, presented by Salino Law. Car crash, call Salino. 800-555-5555. Sabres start a three-game road trip out west tonight in Colorado. Colorado is going to be waiting for the Buffalo Sabres. And you know why? Because last yeah, time they played them, they got spanked for nothing in Buffalo. I'm sure that this team is not forgotten. Um, but the good thing about this is you're getting on the road you're getting together with the guys. Um, You've been playing I, well, and you might be able to, and you might have some bodies back. That is, that's a major, major aspect to this. Don Granado has been playing and trying to juggle lines because he's had, you know, his best player out in Tage Thompson for three weeks. He's had uh, Alex Tuck, who is one of the top uh, dynamic forwards on the team. Um, you know, goaltending has been banged up a little bit. You know, he's got some guys that are injured guys that are sick guys that got sent to the minors, but now you're starting to see a team get a little bit healthier. Um, Alex Tuck is going to be a massive, massive addition back into the lineup. The team's playing well. And now you're going to add a player of his caliber into the lineup. It's going to be big. And the other thing too, that I know Sabres organization have, have sent out some video clips and talked about Jack Quinn. And you had just mentioned to me this morning, he's like, did you see the clip on, on Quinn at practice, you know, bearing like a, what was it, a shootout goal or something? It's just, he's, insanely talented young kid yeah no it was a it was almost like they were doing a shootout in practice yeah came in with a pretty nifty move but i mean that doesn't surprise me i i didn't know who it was at first but then you look you scroll down and you see the name and you're kind of like all right well yeah you know, I, I guess i expect that from a guy who who's expected to score that that many goals right so right i don't know you, you know what my thing is about quinn is i i, I i'm i'm reluctant to put the expectations on him only because sometimes the injury, well, there's the injury, definitely the injury, the time away, you know, there's going to be probably a little bit of rust. Um, but then also it's, it's not easy to score goals in this league. And then also for the pressure to be for you to score goals in this league at such a young age. So that's, that's, that's the only that's the only thing where I say it's it's hard to to put a guarantee that this kid's going to just step in and, and produce and perform and help the team right away. That's unfair. Alex talks a different story. Tage Thompson's a different story. But when it's a guy this young, you're kind of like, I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him. Tage Thompson was out for three weeks. You know, I don't know how many times he skated or was on the ice, but I think it was only like one time with the team, right? Am I am I correct on that or or no? I think it was a morning skate. A morning skate. 
and then decided to play. And he's played how many games now? Three. My 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 thought is, how did he look when he came back in these games? How's fresh. he looked? He looked fresh. He looked fresh. He looked in good shape. I'm sure he's not quite in the shape that he wants to be, but the only way of getting into that shape is to play in games, right? But the point is, Tage Thompson was out for three weeks, and he looked fantastic when he came back. You have Jack Quinn, who has been out for quite some time, six, you know, six plus months or whatever. Um, he's going to come back, but he's skating. He's been with the guys in the team skating, snapping pucks around. Um, and I think the Sabres do a really good job of keeping their their players in good shape when they're injured. I think they do a good job and it and it clearly shows that when these guys step on the ice and they get back to playing, they are they're they're close. They're in really good shape. And uh I think that's important. I think the Sabres do a really good job in that aspect of making sure these guys are in good shape so when they do come back, they're coming back and they're coming back strong. And uh hopefully you know, Alex Tuck, we don't know. I don't know if he's going to be back in the next game. I would hope that we can get him back because he's a major part. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what's the timeline for for Jack Quinn. I would probably think maybe after Christmas, but who knows? Uh, who knows? The goaltending rotation on the trip will be interesting. Because I think that a week and a half ago, Devin Levi wasn't scheduled on this trip. I think he's playing so well that you want to get him in two out of the three games. That's kind of my thought. Played Monday, so he's going to have Tuesday off. And then does he play that next game on, on Wednesday and then play in Arizona on Saturday? Is how it would probably play out. You want He's hot, man. I mean, that kid has looked two-part, and he looks fantastic. But you want to get him in. You want to get him in the lineup. If he's gonna, if he's gonna give you a run of great hockey, get him going. Play him. Because, I mean, holy jumping, he's going to give you a chance to win games if he plays like the way he's played, and he's he's been un, incredible. So I would think that Devin Levi is going to play two of the next three games. It would be awesome if they could get Tuck back on this trip. You have to imagine he wants to play that game in Vegas, right? That game still has to mean something to him. Very much. I mean, obviously, not at the, not at the expense of, of, you know, Hurting himself, hurting himself further. But I just mean, like, if he's if his timetable is around this week, that game must mean something to him. I think so. I mean, he he was there for a long time in in Vegas. I think he enjoyed his time in Vegas. Had a good bond with that team, Stanley Cup run. But you know, I think I think he wants to represent his team. I I mean, Alex Tuck bleeds bleeds uh, the the blue and gold. And I think that he wants to go there. Vegas, one of the top teams in the West. That's a game that you want to win. It's a game you want to win because they're still going to be talking about Alex Tuck got traded. 
for Jack Eichel, and let's see what these two guys do tonight. I would imagine that that's still a storyline. It's not an easy road trip. It's a quick one, but it's not an easy one. That's a, that's not an easy place to go play. The altitude is a, is a real thing, all right? So, and then you're playing one of the best teams in the league that you mentioned wants, wants a piece. I never, I, like, people ask me that all the time. They talk about the Colorado altitude, and they talk about even Calgary. Calgary's got an altitude also. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. I don't remember being in a game in Colorado and ever feeling like, holy jumping. I am absolutely spent from the altitude. Genetic marvel. That's what it comes down to. Uh, that's probably it. That's well, probably it. everybody talked about it. It's all I remember about Colorado. It's just the altitude was, it was brutal. You might've been a little bit winded. And, and the biggest thing with, you can't get caught out. Like I think the, the growing thought when you played in Colorado is keep your shifts shorter than what they normally are. And you have to stick to that because if you get caught out on the ice beyond what your normal shift was, that could affect you for shifts after. Right. So you never got to the point if you stuck to it and, and, you know, let's say for an example, Rasmus Dahlin goes into a game and has 25 shifts in a game. He should have 32 shifts in the game the other night or in, in, in Colorado. He just need he's going to play the same amount. They're going to be shorter and they're going to be um, sharp and then get off the ice. You do not deplete your energy. So three game road trip for the Sabres. That'll do it for crash course presented by Salino law car crash call Salino 800-555-5555. When I was playing in Buffalo, Scott O'Neill, we were in Long Island. Scott O'Neill takes a puck off the forehead while he was standing on the bench. He was our assistant coach, and he had a gash from, like, the top of his forehead down to his eyebrow. Ooh. And uh, so he he stayed in the game. He comes back, and they put the strips on him or whatever. So I had Corey Smith. I had Corey Smith print out a big picture of Arnie's face with the cut on it, and I put it. And I put it on the punching bag, <laughs> in the heavy bag. <laughs> you know where the, the the heavy bag used to hang, where the coaches would kind of walk through the gym and then go, yeah, like around the corner. And that's right, was, yeah. So I had Arnie's face pinned on or taped on to the heavy bag because I would hit the bag some days before practice, either before or after practice. So I would have so Dougie McKenney tied a rope around the the heavy bag so you could hold it with one arm. And throw punches with the other, right? Like, as if you're, you know, in a hockey fight. And I would punch Arnie's face with, with the with the big cut on it that uh, I had taped onto the taped onto the heavy bag. I thought it was pretty funny. Actually, everybody thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> to be honest with you, that'll do it for after the whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thank you for listening.